Welcome to the Transom Podcast, a monthly roundup of the new features on the transom.org website, providing mathematical puzzles, games, learning activities, and the ever-popular mathematics lesson starter of the day. This is the 100th Transom Podcast, and it is for the month of March 2023. Here's your host, John Tranter. Yes, you heard right. It's the 100th edition of this podcast. Now, did you know that 100 is the sum of the first nine prime numbers? Interesting. But it's also the sum of the first four cube numbers. Even more interesting. Okay, that's put me in the mood for the puzzle of the month. So, the puzzle of the month for this month, March 2023, is... Can you make 100 from four sevens and a zero? You've got just four sevens and a zero, and you can use any of the common mathematical operations or symbols or signs, and you have to make 100, because this is the 100th edition of the podcast. So, if you do manage to succeed, please let me know. And my answer, yes, I've got an answer, will be in the podcast next month. Right, well, 100. It's the 100th newsletter as well that goes with this uh, podcast, and you can see that at transom.org slash newsletter. And on the Transom website, there are plenty of activities related to the number 100, which include cent expression, one digit 100, calc 100, sums with hundreds, and again, the links are in that newsletter. Okay, well, what's new on the Transom website? Well, Refreshing Revision has for a long time been very popular. It's a very popular starter because the teacher can customise it and save their customizations. and every time you refresh the page, you get a different set of questions. Now, if you go and look at Refreshing Revision, you'll see an extra button has been added to the bottom called Advanced Refreshing Revision. And this is aimed at students following A-level or IB diploma courses. Ideal for having on the board as the students enter the room. It'll take about five or ten minutes. Well, actually, it depends how many questions you put up there. You get that option as well. And uh, you can make it last as long as you want. But the idea is the short questions um, keep those topics that they learnt and haven't revisited for a while in the front of their mind. Now, when you encounter one of the exercises on the Transom website and you see that there is a level zero, it may not always signify an afterthought or a task created after the more challenging levels have already been established. However, in some instances, that's exactly what it represents. However, Pythagoras' theorem level zero was suggested by a fan of Transom, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Unlike the more conventional Pythagorean... I'll say that again, easy for me to say. Pythagorean theorem exercises, it serves as an introduction to the concept by gradually building up the routine. This exercise emphasizes the idea of squares on the sides that you can see in a very pictorial way. And it features questions with integer side lengths and solutions. So it makes use of those Pythagorean triples. You can find Transom Mathematics at www.transum.org.
So a Transom subscriber called Sharon had this to say. We are currently looking at solving equations and inequalities with our year eights, and our diagnostic test at the start of the unit showed that for my class, a top set, they have a lot of fluency already, but made mistakes when the answer was a fraction. The question we asked was 2x plus 7 equals 4x plus 2, and some students wrote the reciprocal of the correct answer. I was looking for similar style problems to help students build fluency. So as a result of that, may I present Solve to Find Fractions, a new series of exercises that meets Sharon's needs, hopefully. And you can find the link in transom.org slash newsletter. Now, Anne suggested a new exercise, which I've called Three Unknowns. And she told me... AQA Level 2 GCSE. Further maths requires students to solve simultaneous equations in three unknowns. So, have a look at those three unknowns in simultaneous equations. There are three levels, but I don't recommend people tackle the third level without the use of technology, as it's a bit of a stinker. Yes, it's excruciatingly tedious, because I, again, with my experiments with AI, artificial intelligence, got ChatGPT to generate some difficult questions, which it did. It couldn't provide me with the answers. Well, it thought it could, but it got them wrong. Um, so that's my artificial intelligence contribution for this podcast. Oh, as well of, as the voices that you heard, the female voices weren't really Sharon and Anne. They were the text-to-speech generation, which I guess is a form of artificial intelligence um, that can be found on the Eleven Labs website. Very interesting. An old French woman was caught trying to bring a hand grenade through airport security. This is according to an urban myth. She said, but I always take it with me on every flight. I figured that the probability of there being two bombs on the same plane was very low, so I feel much safer in the air. <laughs> was the old lady correct in her understanding of probability? Well, this is the latest advanced starter, and it's to promote a better understanding of conditional probability, and I've called it airport security, so you can look that up in the advanced starters or see the link at transom.org slash newsletter. Okay, next on my agenda is to tell you of three special dates coming up this month in March. On the 2nd of March, it's World Book Day. That's obviously very soon. On the 14th of March, of course, it's Pi Day. And on the 17th of March, it's St. Patrick's Day. So you can find links to activities for those three days in the newsletter. Okay, if there are no students listening, here's a little teacher trick I'd like to tell you. Have you got one of those crafty students who paste their homework equations into Wolfram Alpha to get the solutions without much thinking on their part? Well, here's a little trick to floor them. Instead of using X and Y as the variables, Use E and I in your equations instead. Because, well, certainly in my version of Wolfram Alpha, 
it treats these letters as Euler's number and an imaginary number, respectively, and it won't give them the results they expected. So, smart teacher 1, crafty student 0. Occasionally, I will remember that the word data is plural, and I'll say things like, the data were collected by various researchers. This has never sounded right to me. Though, I do understand it is the correct form, because it's data is the plural of the word datum. I did study Latin for three years at school. I'm now pleased to hear that using data as a singular noun has now been accepted as being correct. And I heard it from the More or Less podcast. Hi, my name's Suzanne Blunson and I work for the FT. I'm the executive editor of the newspaper. Um, but my other part of the day job is running the style guide, so where we make decisions on language and grammar for the FT. In this capacity, I received an email from you quite recently, and it wasn't just me, it was everybody else at the Financial Times also got the same memo. And the email began, data will now always be singular, with no plural option. For example, the data shows that, rather than the data show that. This is a style change. What are you thinking? <laughs> I was moving with the times. I was thinking about how language is always evolving and we don't need to be stuck in the past with our Latin grammar. So I think I speak for several of my colleagues at the FT that I, I don't agree. I mean, personally, I think it's fine for people to use data is or data are. They should just choose. But I suppose that's not how a newspaper style guide works. You don't get to choose how you want to do it. You have to stick to the consistent policy. Well, funny you should say that because um, we didn't, we had an either or option for the last four years, which kind of seems to have gone under the radar slightly. And that was to appease the classicists at the FT, because when we first wanted to make the style ruling, there was some animosity against that decision. So we thought we could do is or are. However, consistency is one of the key things in a style guide. And so eventually we made this decision to kind of go nuclear, as it were, and banish the plural. So using it in its singular form puts me in um, 80% of the standard usage that has been measured um, of that word. Right, so having said that, my next sentence will be much easier to say. The data stored on the Transom website shows that a total of 631,000 learners have created virtual trophy cabinets since the beginning of time. Wow. And a lot of those learners have got well over 100, some 200. I think the maximum is about 700 trophies in the trophy cabinet at present. So that's a lot of trophies claimed over the years. So finally, the answer to last month's puzzle, which was... Mr. Wheeler was on a long drive when he noticed that his odometer showed 15,951 miles, which is a palindromic number. The next time he saw a palindromic number on his odometer was exactly two hours later. So what was his average speed during those two hours? 
Well, the answer is 55 miles an hour because the next palindromic number would have been 16,061. So the puzzle was adapted from one that I read in the Moscow Puzzles. It's a book that I have by Boris A. Kodemsky. Okay, that's all for now. That's all for the 100th podcast. See you next month. Bye. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Transom podcast. You can find the website at www.transom.org where you're welcome to use all of the activities absolutely free or jump in with both feet and become a Transom subscriber. 